Hey, 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 folks. Welcome back to another exciting episode of the Property Profits Real Estate Podcast. Today, zooming in from beautiful Florida, we've got Mr. Kerry Lutz, who is a very, very accomplished investor, not just a real estate investor. He's been doing real estate since the 80s, but also across a multitude of different investment classes. Very, very sharp guy, very dialed into what's going on with the economy, the pros and cons, the good, the bad of different kinds of investment classes, what's going on with inflation, the advantages, the disadvantages of different kinds of things. So we're going to talk today about Kerry's thoughts on real estate in today's environment. And we're also going to talk a little bit about his experience podcasting because Kerry's got one of the longest running podcasts I'm aware of. He's been podcasting, you know, in the podcast world, he's like a pioneer. So Kerry, so excited to have you on the show. Thanks for joining us. Hey, pleasure to be on, Dave. Yeah, I would say I'm a podcasting senior citizen, considering that uh, the average podcast starts and they don't get over 10 or 20 episodes. You're considered a professional once you do over 20 episodes, someone wow. wants to me, and I've done over 9,000. That puts you in the podcast rock star category, if you ask me, Kerry. <laughs> <laughs> so, hey, well, real estate wise, tell us a little bit about your real estate journey, when you started, what you focused on, what you're into these days, and how it kind of fits into your overall investment strategy. You know, a long time ago, my father got into multifamily investing in maybe not the best areas. I think he was more concerned about finding cheap than finding value mm. and didn't really learn the lesson, even though it made a lot of money. I've owned a number of houses, done a number of flips over the years, not lately, because they are time consuming. Yeah. And, you know, it's a side thing. If I find a piece of property that I think is undervalued, that we could redo the uh, kitchen and the baths and put a coat of paint on and do some cosmetic work. Great. If, a little bit of lipstick, so to speak, right? And a little lip, bit of lipstick on the pig yeah. and done pretty well at that. I've done best buying my own homes, even when I paid too much for them, perhaps, and selling a period of years later. Just uh, I had a home in Westchester County, New York. Our claim to fame is the highest real estate taxes in the country. Oh, that's appealing. Yeah. <laughs> and I was in that house for about 10 years. And, you know, unbeknownst to me, purely by accident, you know, had a substantial windfall, bought a house half the size of that, invested it in some other businesses that I was involved in, worked out incredibly well, sold that other house in the midst of a divorce in uh, 2000. 12, 13, really a bottom of the real estate market, lost a couple of bucks. But overall, I've had two losers, one break even, and many, many winners in this nice. game. Oh, that's wonderful. And I learned a lot more from the losers than I'll ever learn from the winners. Well, Kerry, one of the things I really wanted to talk with you about, because you're one of those smart guys that has his thumb on the economic pulse of the world. Like you pay a lot of attention, a lot more than the average person to what's going on with inflation, with interest rates, with the stock market, all with the real estate market. So maybe walk us through 
And if you don't mind keeping it pretty simple, you know, your thoughts around real estate and inflation, real estate and interest rates, kind of walk us through that if you don't mind. So like if you're looking to buy a house now, I don't think it's a great time to do it. Most markets are seeing declines. Even in hot Florida real estate market, you're seeing the the new home builders are cutting their prices. Mm. And, you know, if you got in at the right time, you're still well ahead, but might not be the best time to get in if you have the choice. If you're selling your home in uh, the Northeast and you can sell it, and you can use that to buy a house for cash, then maybe it doesn't matter. But if you're looking to get outsized profits, it's probably not the time to do it. But this is where creative finance comes in and other things, and rates are high, but they're not as high as they could go. I'm not or, sure. Or as, they, as high as they have been historically. Yeah. You and I both remember what they were like in the 80s. 8% double-digit rates, all of that. But arguably, inflation is still charging ahead. And I don't believe that the Federal Reserve's policies are necessarily going to put a lid on that anytime soon. Maybe for things that you want to buy, but not for things that you need to buy, like energy, like food, all those things. On the other hand, you know, if you can afford a home, generally over time, it's going to bail you out, even if you pay too much for it now. They always say you make real estate on the buy. And to some extent, that is true. And especially for myself, I agree with that. But you also make money in real estate from inflation. Yeah. So walk us through that. Give us grade five level explanation of how that works. The government prints up more and more money. All right. The supply of homes there is a shortage of them in theory. And as a result, prices go up ahead of the rate of inflation because there's more money chasing less potential homes. Okay. So that's the simple thing supply and demand. In reality, it's a lot more complicated than that. But the fact is that inflationary times are some of the best times to really make your fortune in real estate and in anything else, if you can follow it. For myself, I had been renting a home for a number of years. I saw what was happening with all the pandemic relief, knowing that that was gonna lead to massive inflation. And at that point, I desperately sought to find a home, but I wasn't willing to compromise. And I wound up finding a home. It appreciated from the time I went to contract Five months, four months later, it went up 25% to a third higher. Put some money into it. It's still worth way more than I paid for it. And, you know, I can't say what the price would be, what my profit would be, but there would still be a profit there. But on the other hand, I can't rent a place as cheaply as I can to live here. So, because well, it sounds like you're locked in at the super low yeah. interest rates. Right. Three plus a little percent interest rate and you just can't you know everything's getting more expensive rents are still going up although they appear to have hit their peak for now but later they could easily keep going up economic uncertainty you want to limit your exposure but look inflationary times and you can buy a cash flowing asset 
that's where you clean up. Even though asset prices aren't going up right now, as long as the cash flow is coming in and it's predictable and you can get other people to pay your debt, it's a great thing. And I would tell like somebody getting out of college, new job, buy a duplex, a quad, a triplex, and live there and let your uh, tenants pay the rent, pay your, pay pay your mortgage. mortgage. Yeah. Live there, rent. House hack. Yeah. It's such a great thing to do. Nothing's changed there. Harder to qualify for mortgages now. They're real pain. But I believe that the owner financing is going to reemerge in a big way. And like I say, buying it right now, maybe not the best use of your funds. But if it's an FHA mortgage, three and a half percent, and you can get them to pay your closing costs and give you improvement costs. So you wind up with money in your pocket at the closing table, which can still be done on occasion. It's the way to go. Well, or you get owner financing at reasonable rates that work for you, that don't need to qualify and get in with not that much down. That's another great option as well. Yeah. And there, yeah. these deals are becoming more available. Well, um, yeah, as, as banks tighten up, as it becomes a lot more difficult to buy properties, it also becomes a lot more difficult for sellers to sell their properties. So that's where that creativity comes in. That's a fascinating idea. Hold that thought for a second. Hi there, this is Dave Debo, and real estate investors hire me to raise capital the right way. Why? Because most of them are stuck with too small of a portfolio, and they don't know how to attract investors and raise money for their deals. So I help them to connect, capture, and close their ideal money partners. Bottom line, when you've got a deal, you're going to have the capital to do it. So go ahead and book a no-cost capital clarity session with me at bookachatwithdave.com. Again, that's bookachatwithdave.com. Yeah, and you just need to play the time arbitrage. That's what not enough uh, people who are real estate experts really talk about, time arbitrage. Mm -hmm. Time from when you buy the home and the price you pay and the inflation rate whether it's stated or not, and the time that you sell it, okay? Over time, bad investments can even get bailed out. I bought a flip, a site unseen in West Palm Beach a number of years ago. It was, turned out to be a nightmare. It had mold in it and half the sheetrock had to be replaced. I bought it for 50,000. And, you know, I was also renovating a home that I bought. and. I didn't get around to it as much as I wanted to. It was costing me $200 a month to keep in HOA fees. When I finally got around to it, the market had gone up 50%. I put 20,000 into it to fully renovate it. Like every switch and every outlet had to be replaced. The windows had to be replaced. You know, yeah, I it, was a, it was a big rental. Got it. Piled it and... Uh, Luckily, from the home that I had renovated, I had appliances that were in good shape. I just didn't like that they were white. I put them in, saved on the appliances. I bought a used washer dryer at some place in West Palm Beach. And, you know, I made $25,000 in a year on something that cost me 50-something because the prices had gone up. Now, if the prices hadn't gone up, I would have been lucky to break even. Yeah. So. Unless you held on to it long term and rented yeah. it out and all that kind of good stuff, right? It I could have on your time frame, that time it. arbitrage thing. I could have rented it and then sold it now for 120 or 30. 
Yeah. People, you know, that low end of the market, people are still buying those. Definitely. There's still a market for it. So, Kerry, let's switch gears. Let's talk about your rock star podcast status. Walk us through a little bit, because I, I think you've got a whole book on. Yeah, sure. you've, got a, you've been doing this so long. You've written a book on it, Viral Podcasting, A Proven Process to Earn Six-Figure Income from Your Show. So, first of all, what got you into podcasting in the first place? Tell us a little bit about your podcast. And without giving away all the all the goods, just give us maybe the gist of how you've monetized it. Sure. Easy. You know, I had done radio in the past. I really enjoyed it. And, you know, but it's like so hard to get a radio station to pick you up for a talk radio show. I saw this podcasting come out. I was listening to three or four podcasts. And those words that always get you into trouble when you decide to do something. How hard could it be to do a <laughs> podcast? As it turned out, back then, it was more, much more difficult than it is now. There were less tools available, and you had to become an expert in editing, in YouTube, everything else. Everything is so much easier now, which is why millions of people are podcasting in YouTube podcasts. Do you remember how many podcasts there were when you first started? I think it was around 100,000 or so. And I don't even know what the stats are right now. It was probably 5 million. You know, we were 10 years ahead in the U.S. I've produced a number of people's shows, other shows. And uh, in South America, this guy was crushing it because he was the only guy in Colombia and in South America. And he had a real estate show called Rialos, Rialtos, something. I can't remember. So I helped him produce that. Then... uh, you know, I did, uh, I produced probably a dozen shows over the years. And I wanted to alert people to the fact that the economic data they were getting from the government uh, wasn't always, shall we say, accurate. And they maybe they were being misled. You know, honestly, I thought the uh, global financial crisis was going to consume us in 2013. But I turned out to be wrong. They kept it going. But I always knew that the next financial crisis would be far worse than the last in 08 and 09. And clearly, the pandemic-associated economic collapse, way, way worse. And now we are, here we are in the next crisis, which looks like it's going to be worse than the pandemic was. So for all those reasons I got into it, I always liked communication. I'd been an attorney for, you know, 30-something years, so I like to talk and I was versant in a number of different topics. And I felt like you, the audience, could profit from my uh, experiences in the past. That's how we got into it. So what's the name of your show and how long has it been running for? Financial Survival Network. And you find it at financialsurvivalnetwork.com, iTunes, all that. This is our 12th year. It'll be exactly 12 years. I became a full-time podcaster on June 7th of 2023. And I just got hooked on it. It couldn't stop. And, you know, then I, the first three, four years, I wasn't concerned about money. Then I got into sponsorships and, you know, I've made a, a very uh, respectable living on it, made, put away some wealth and really profited from it. And it's been a great experience. How else could I have ever met you, Dave? Exactly. Likewise, my friend. 
Excellent, Kerry. So if people want to connect with you, is the podcast probably the best place? Is that your podcast, the website, financialsurvivalnetwork.com. You can always send me an email, kl at kerrylutz.com. And we cover mining companies, energy companies, real estate. I've had dozens of real estate gurus like yourself, Dave, on, and uh, definitely one of our most popular features. Fantastic, Kerry. Well, thank you so much for being on the show, sharing some of your insights and your wisdom and the simple explanation of how inflation and real estate kind of go along together. I really appreciate it. And again, check out Kerry's show at the Financial Survival Network. Thanks, Kerry. Thanks, Dave. All right, everybody, take care and talk to you on the next episode. Well, hey there, thanks for tuning into the Property Profits Podcast. If you like this episode, that's great. Please go ahead and subscribe on iTunes. Give us a good review. That'd be awesome. I appreciate that. And if you're looking to attract investors and raise capital for your deals, then I'm going to invite you to get a complimentary copy of my newest book right back there. There it is. The Money Partner Formula. You can get a PDF version at InvestorAttractionBook.com. Again, InvestorAttractionBook.com. Take care.